Hello and welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And it's good to be with you, um, our listeners. It's good to be here with you virtually. Rick, um, anything new and exciting going on other than sorting through? Did you finally get through all your photos from our trip? Did you finally get a chance yeah. to look at some of those? Because I know you yeah. weren't really doing that while we were traveling. Um, not a lot. because because And it gets into another topic that we have today. I, I was, you know, I did shoot the engagement photos for my nephew and his fiance, which went well and it was fun. We'll talk more about that. But because of that, I've been very busy going yeah. through those photos and figuring out all the weirdness in Lightroom's collaboration tools. <laughs> yes, all the inherent strangeness. It, <sighs> it's all good. It um, works, but good God, we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, well, I got a sort of an exciting piece of news that my email newsletter people should know about already because it went out the other day, which is I've been, I've, I have the opportunity to join up with another professional photographer who we hope to have on the show one of these days um, mm -hmm. to do a workshop next August in the Faroe Islands, which is kind of like a bucket list place for me. That's um, a very cool spot from all the photos I've seen. Yeah. Definitely it's definitely a it's, hot location. It's, it's reminiscent of, um, of Norway because it's obviously you know part of that um iceland think think it on a think iceland and norway kind of combine on a smaller scale um and we're going to get an opportunity to go out and shoot the landscapes and the fishing villages and uh the puffins which is always a big problem. so if that's something you're interested in um i will have details on that um formally uh, probably next week on my website when we get cool. all stuff worked out but we're already um or they can email me and i can tell you more about it so it's it's all good but that's yeah. i'm just excited about that because the guy i'm going with is is matt seuss and he's a good guy and and like i said i hope we get him on the show um sooner than later just because um he would be a fun guy to talk to anyway today you mentioned the engagement shoot so we're going to talk about that in a little bit um and how it might um what you learned from it and you know, talk about family, you know, more formal portrait se sessions. Is that mm -hmm. a good way to talk? But before sure, we forget, sort of. before I forget, there were just the other day, there were some new um, Canon lenses that came out just, or were announced earlier this week. These are all RF lenses. So these are for their mirrorless cameras, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So the, the, the R series cameras, these are all, I think, think there are all of these full frame lenses or or no i can't remember one is an aps-c okay the rfs that's aps-c okay so there's three lenses um a 10 to 18 that's the aps-c lens right mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. the equivalent of like a 15 to what 30 something or you know it's, it's a super In wide and aps-c is a little bit different oh it's so. the 16 right it's yeah. uh it's 1.6 so right. i have to just uh, a little bit different so that's so that's the equivalent of like sixteen to about twenty nine, if you were mm -hmm. in thirty. So it, it's your typical super wide lens, right? Right. Um, so that's cool because I mean, again, when you do run on smaller sensors, it's nice to have the, you need those wider focal lengths. It's not yeah. particularly fast. It's four four point five to six point three. So it's not you know it's not like a fast indoor prime or something nope. like that. But it would be nice for outdoor, you know 
a landscape, you know, and, and it looks pretty small, so it could sort of fit in those in your bag easily. And then I suspect it's intended for vlogging as well. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there's two. Which one do you want to talk about first? There's two other zooms that are pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, the simpler one in some respects is the 24 to 105 28. Very fast lens. Very large lens. Weighs quite a bit. Yeah. Three pounds. <laughs> or give yeah. Or take. My interpretation is it's really for video. Um, an interesting thing is it's got an aperture ring on it, which Canon hasn't done to this point, but it only works in video mode. So that's one clue for the fact that it really is probably more for video photographers. You could certainly use it for other things, I'm sure. And, but it's, God, it's going to be awfully big and heavy. I it wouldn't is. Want it. I um, wouldn't want that. On, on the other hand, you know, if you think about someone who's doing a lot of wedding shoots, you want two eight traditionally that's twenty four to seventy territory right mm-hmm. two eight um the one o five gives you a little more reach for those portraits those a little more isolated subject kind sure. of portraits and now you're at two eight and you got one so that that's a nice range um you know especially for people doing stuff like engagement shoots perhaps you know like whatever um the penalty is just it's it's mass. It's three pounds and it's three thousand dollars. So it's not it's not an expensive lens. I'm sure it's very good. It's got eleven bladed aperture design, which is you don't see that very often. So you're talking about a a thing intended to make nice bokeh. So that's that's my thought on it. And then there's a anything else you want to add on that before? No, the, no. The the more interesting one or the most interesting one, at least to us. Um, is a 200 to 800 f 6.3 to 9. Um, and this is something lens. that we had predicted would be showing up a lot more. And we've seen lenses like this coming in with slower apertures. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can take advantage of with mirrorless um, autofocus systems and really get the size and weight down. Um, it you know some people might look at it and go oh that's just a crazy range, eight hundred millimeters. But we've talked about the equivalent mm-hmm. with the the Olympus one hundred to four hundred that we both own and and how useful that really turned out to be for wildlife. So I think the the Canon lens is a cool lens for them to be making and it's very affordable compared right. to other alternatives. Now it's, when you say smaller and lighter. <laughs> The lighter than what an 800, you know, F63 or F56 would be, because mm-hmm. uh, I just pulled up the specs. It's a two kilogram lens. That's four and a half pounds. So, so this would get a little bit heavy without a monopod. If, yeah. You know, and, and I think you'd probably want to use this on a monopod because with, with shooting it wide open, if you're at F9, you know, you're going to need to use, um, you know, faster shutter speeds and, and the stabilizer, you know, because you're going to be, it's not that you can't focus at F9. It's that you're going to be shooting at, you're, you're paying the penalty in stops of light that comes into your camera. So you're going to be at higher ISOs, especially to get the fast shutter speeds that you need. Um, right. That's the only drop downside of it, really. I mean, that, I mean, from a technical standpoint, um, mm-hmm. it's not, and, and it's priced reasonably aggressively at $1,900 US. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like it'll be out in a few weeks or beginning of December, like mid December, it should be coming out according to yeah. what I'm seeing on the website here. So, you know, but that's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cool idea because I think most people aren't handholding a 800 millimeter lens typically. No, at I, least I, the I, traditional kinds, right? The, the native, uh, focal length. So if you're an enthusiast for wildlife, I mean, think about the reach on this on a, APS-C body. <laughs> That's going to be kind of crazy. That would be really crazy. But I I definitely want to use it on a monopod. Just I know that what that weight is like to handhold yeah, and it, you it can does. do it for a while, but you get tired in a hurry and your ph- photography suffers as a result. But I, yeah. I think it's a cool option. And I can't I'm not going to be buying one, but it's a cool option. Do you know if this one has I don't think it does, but I, I don't know if it has. Um, no, it does not have internal zoom. So it gets no. pretty huge. I'm looking at the pictures that they have in the marketing. I think it extends by like nine centimeters or so. It's it's pretty significant. Um, that's, that's the there. one bummer because like we talked about when we were discussing the Nikon 180 to 600 and the Sony 200 to 600, those are both internal zooms. And that really is a very nice feature with something of that size and weight. Um, that's, I think, the only um, bummer with this mm-hmm. lens. But, you know. On the other hand, it, you it's can a get 200 some, to 800. Yeah, there you go, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's uh, very, very, very nice. Okay. so um, And it will take teleconverters if you want a, an even slower aperture. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that might be pushing it. But, yeah, you know our thoughts on that. Anyhow, how'd the engagement shoot go? Because that was sort was of good. I wouldn't say it was stressing you out, but you put in a lot of back, um, upfront prep work to make sure it was right. Yeah, I wanted and, to make sure it, it went well. So this is hey. what happens when someone in your family says, "Hey, look, we're on a tight budget or whatever. Can you do?" Well, and I'd, I'd shot the wedding, I'd shot wedding photos for um, my brother and his wife. This is their son. So, you know, they were kind of telling him, hey, they turned out well. There was a long story with that that I want to get into. But, you know, I could tell their expectations weren't crazy, um, which is an important thing. You want to be able to set expectations for what they'll be like. Um, they really wanted to do them in Garden of the Gods. Um, neither of them had been there. They, they'd just seen photos of it, but they thought it was cool and they really wanted to do it there. That wasn't my favorite location. Um, but it well, actually let's talk worked about out that. Fun. I mean, that's that's well, it had know, to do with doing... light, and right? There, I mean, there were going to be no clouds in the day that they wanted to do it, and they were kind of limited in, in terms of days. I mean, it's a beautiful and, place to go. We both yeah. love shooting there, but most of the time it's sunny. And There's that's no, so harsh. It's the wrong so light for portraits unless you're yeah. doing serious. And I don't think you could have a softbox big enough, you know? No. So I, I made a couple scouting trips there. And, you know, both of us, both you and I know the area well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went to all the places I could think of. And fortunately, I found a couple spots that had pretty backgrounds. I could see where I was going to place them. There were nice split rail wood fences there for them to lean against. 
or use, uses props as times, but I, I got them out of the sun. That was the key thing. It was controlled shade. I figured out when the light would be like that. And I also determined there were enough um, different shots at each of those locations where I could give them a variety of looks and stuff like that. And I also found one outside the park that just happened to have, you know, some, a cluster of really nice trees that had the autumn color going on and okay. ended up using all of those locations. So, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking my brain is turning up. So, okay. So the first thing you did then was you said, all right, let me scout my locations because you're doing mm -hmm. an outdoor shoot. And obviously anytime you can do natural light, it's easier to deal with. I mean, yes. if you've been trying to set up strobes, this would have been potentially really challenging. Right. Um, not the least of which is that you don't necessarily have a studio to be, be working in. Mm -hmm. And outdoor strobes are, are okay, but they just can be challenging. Okay. It's not that we yeah. haven't done that. I did it a little. I didn't really care for it. So you found some spots that work. That's great. I mean, because that's mm -hmm. always, you know, so you wanted, so the key here was the light and the backgrounds and that stuff. But and then there was another thing you had spots, to scout at the same times right that i intended to shoot at which was because if places that are in shadow at one time of the day are not necessarily in shadow right. other times of the day that's a good point too and you know and here we get the sun especially this time of year the sun goes down behind the the uh, mountains about an hour before sunset mm -hmm. so depending on that time you can get you can get some time where you get softer light the mm -hmm. the thing that i run into with any portrait thing is where you have the subject in shade and then the background's in full sun and you don't right. want that. It's just no. wrong. And then, so then, then you're into using fill flash at that point. And that can sometimes look artificial. It just depends on the, on the look that they want. And I think there, you know, you sent me a few of the photos and it, and it seems like they really like the style. That's very much soft. You know, it's not these, you know, crazy dramatic sports illustrated kinds of shots, right? So you're, this is more traditional kinds of. And, and one thing I did ask, and by the way, my wife helped with this too, including the scouting and, and she had spent uh, more time with my nephew's fiance in terms of, you know, what she was looking for and stuff. But, you know, I talked about, you know, what kind of color treatments and, and they wanted, and, and really they did not want the trendy old film style that looks a little bit faded and stuff. They just wanted nice colors um, and not muted ones. So it's like, that makes it easy. I can right. do that. Now, another element, if I recall, that you also scouted, because I've suffered the same sometimes you know you get some mm -hmm. friend of yours who's desperate to get photos of their of their kid because they you know maybe forgot to mention they needed senior <laughs> portraits this week right. mom you know or whatever right um and that's the posing mm -hmm. you you need to almost scout the pose because if you don't do this as a which we don't right <laughs> this is not our regular thing um where do you put hands where do you put chins and it is it is complicated it, it it truly is and what i did was you know i got on the internet and looked at tons of engagement photos and poses had my wife do the same thing and then my wife specifically talked to um the future bride about them just to get her thoughts showed her some things that made it tremendously easier I've and then my similar. wife actually kept notes 
um, on the shoot included, including what time I wanted to be at each location. We had it mapped out by the minute. And by God, when we were done, we were within a minute of the target time. <laughs> it sounds it like you're pretty... like on a German railroad schedule or something like LA, that. That is my heritage, right? Yeah. Mostly German. German so. train schedule. Excellent. <laughs> no, but these are all really important things because they are. And, and it makes me appreciate the pros who do this even more. You know, yes. we both know that this isn't really what we do. And we've got a few model shoots where we've had a, a model as part of a workshop we've attended or whatever, mm -hmm. not, not trying to do this, um, especially for the, you know, the strobe things, but you know, what do you do when you've got a family member or a close friend who says, Hey, you know, Bob, you, you, you're into photography. Can you, can you take our photos and, and more than just, Hey, take some pictures at the family picnic. We want a nice photo to use either as a print or maybe want to use it as a holiday card or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and these things are, you know, it's non-trivial. It is. I, I sometimes have too much confidence, <laughs> but it, it turned out just fine. So it wasn't inappropriate. It, it's just, I felt like with the expectations I discussed with them, I could pull it off and it, it and it worked fine. And I found locations where I could control the light completely nice backgrounds um, I used the the new um, GFX 100 Mark II camera, um, which worked wonderfully. I used just three lenses, all fixed primes, a, a 55-17, an 80-17, and a 110 F2. They all worked great. They all had a certain role depending on the framing and location I wanted. Um, but I really appreciated the depth of field control that I got with them. Oh, you know, yeah. I could go from just nicely blurred out, um, but pretty and obviously at Garden of the Gods kind of backgrounds um, to ones where a little bit more was in focus, but a lot of control over depth of field, which was nice. That is an advantage of cameras like that. It's pretty Yeah, nice. and I'll, I'll just say the, the eye autofocus on that camera works great especially with the 55 and 110, just no problem made it so much easier. And, you know, every eyelash and, and eyeball <laughs> is just in sharp, ridiculous Great. focus. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. That, that's good stuff. Well, you know, the, the, the message that I'm hearing from you is that, you know, expectation management is and scouting and, and well, right. And I because, put my wife in shot test shots at each of these locations because on scouting trips so i could see what yeah. it would look like what the background would look like what the colors would look like would i be able to get any color casts off her skin um all what, of those things what i was gonna say or i you know it's it's that managing expectations can be really hard when you're a photographer because your client whether it's your friend or actually a paying mm -hmm. client does not understand the intricacies of the lighting and the scenarios and the situations. So when they say, Oh yeah, I want my pictures in garden of the gods or wherever it's not that easy. And with, you know, not trying to be negative or pessimistic about it. It's not easy to get, you know, they, people don't understand no. that what's wrong with a sunny day. It's great. It's a sunny no, day. And I've, and I've helped, 
friends out as a second shooter at times when they were doing things like sports team photos. And I have seen ridiculous expectations from parents. I mean, ridiculous, you know, kind of like, yeah, I, I, I know we live in Colorado Springs, but I want it to look like Florida in the background with palm trees. And I'm exaggerating slightly, but not much. Well, um, that's just crazy talk right there. But there I mean, are people out there like that. So those are the ones you have to be careful of, whether right. you're, they're your family or not. But I, I that was not the case uh, was whatsoever with these. The, the hardest part, because I've done this before, is finding shade. Yeah. Here. You know, because you're just not going to, could never count on a cloudy day. <laughs> you know, we have them, but you can't count on them, especially when you have to, you know, work around people's schedules. You can't say, oh, it's cloudy today. Let's, you know, go get your makeup on and, and do this. So, I, you know, I, it's, it's impressive that, that you were able to pull it off. But I think the amount of work. Now, that brings us to a good point. Sometimes, you know, when you're approached by, you know, friends, family, that's, you know, it's fine. But you got to look to see what, what's driving it and a lot of times it's well i just don't want to pay for a photographer mm -hmm. and in some cases that's fine right i mean your friend if they have the expectations and it's just look i just need some pictures that are nicer than what comes out of my phone we're pretty good on the other hand there are a lot of good pros out there and they get mm -hmm. paid for a reason mm -hmm. and they deliver because they know the poses they know the locations they you know they've already been doing this for a living and if you really want excellent, you know, wedding photos or engagement photos or whatever they might be, uh, you know, just Uncle Bob might not be the end. Just because, right. you know, he has a DSLR or, you know, has a nice, you've got a nice camera. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean, you know, there's just a tremendous amount. We didn't even get into the indoor stuff. And if you look at the setups, you know, we've, we've explored with guests in the past or workshops we've been on or just read you know, we all love Joe McNally, um, who actually was on our show once. But uh, you look at the light modifiers, the reflectors, the umbrellas, the stands, and the fact that they've got assistants holding all these things and making, you know, you get the light exactly right. And we're not even talking like complicated, you know, multiple strobe setups here necessarily. We're talking one, maybe two lights. It's still, and, and these stands have, they take up space. They don't fit in easily in indoor places i mean it is a challenge and so there are times when a pro and they deserve your business this time of year you know that's oh, sure a lot of these people are self-employed and they you know there's a reason they charge money so don't don't dismiss that i think that's important i see a lot of people just trying to go around um you know professionals because they don't want to pay 200 dollars or something like that um on the flip side, don't undermine a pros. You know, if you're an if you're an enthusiast, and it's one thing if you're just doing it for a friend, but if it's somebody who comes up to you and you say, "Look, it's going to be money," <laughs> you know, um, I I it, I guess it Think drives hard. me a little bit nuts to see that where where there's always someone who says, "I'm looking to build my portfolio. I'll do this for fifty bucks," right? And then they're taking a they've just devalued the work of the pros who are doing this. And I hate seeing that. And I see this across all, not just photography, you know, it's creatives. Oh, sure. The exposure you'll get, right? They'll oh, make I, it up in volume. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was impressed by the shots you got. 
You um, haven't seen the good ones, actually. Okay. Well, but, yeah. I, I mean, and unfortunately, I, I do have to apologize. I want to keep these private. They're their photos. I don't absolutely. want to be throwing them on the internet. Well, you know, that's up. That's for them to order. do at some point in the future. I can model for you, Rick. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, if you figure out what's in Lightroom Classic, what's in the cloud version of Lightroom Desktop, what's in the mobile versions, what oh, yeah. what are in the web versions, because they all exist, you can actually do some good collaborative things where you can have people pick pick which shots that yes. they like and flow those into your selects and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, it's it's amazingly spread out. Yeah, they <laughs> really needs to, needs to do some consolidation of features. It can be frustrating because there's some wonderful cloud-based features that they just don't really, they're kind of bolted on the classic. I and mean, we both work in classic most of the time. So there are times when you just need to go into your desktop instance of, of uh, Lightroom, you know, the one that we don't, really use except we think of as the mobile one because from there you get options to do things like show or hide shooting data or locations or whatever and none of those options are available from the from the regular version of lightroom you can sync the files to the cloud but that's about where it begins and ends so anyway that's another topic for another day probably but uh for now we're about out of time so uh let's um oh are we going to, we have a surprise announcement, right? Yeah. We're going to do a Zoom session um, for all of our Patreon supporters. For, yeah. If you're a show, if you sponsor us in any capacity, we're going to have a Zoom. It's going to be at uh, what time zone we want to, 3 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, November 18th. Am I correct on that, Rick? Yeah. We've tried, we've picked a time that, gives us the best shot at getting people from a whole bunch of time zones. It's there is no such thing as a perfect time. But no, we can nobody theor- knows what time zone we live in. Um, span Sydney to London, let's say. So noon Pacific, three Eastern, eight AM in Sydney, or something like that, or seven AM in Sydney. And yes, we do have our own time zone here called Mountain Time. No, nobody Which lives. Almost no one seems to know. It's so, so anyway, bizarre. But what we're going to do is again, it'll be open to anybody who's a supporter of our show at imagedoctorsphoto.com. Mm-hmm. That's where you can go, and we'll post that there um, with the info. We'll also post this information on our Facebook page. Um, and as long as you're a member in good standing, you will then get the information on how to register for the Zoom um, uh, Q and A open chat that we will have, and it'll be fun to see some of your faces yeah hopefully maybe you don't want to see ours (laughs) all right (laughs) anyway until next time happy shooting all right bye-bye